Well, the UK recently kicked off a new Hong Kong visa scheme with a plan to offer millions of Hong Kongers a path to British citizenship. Last Friday, China announced that it would in turn no longer recognize BNO passports, British National Overseas Passports, as a legitimate means of travel or for identification documents. Uh, This move is largely thought to be symbolic, though, because uh, there is still public unrest. Uh, There are tensions between the two nations and people on both sides voicing concerns over uh, whether or not moving to the UK would be a good idea with the uh, pandemic raging there uh, in a very, very serious manner. So for further discussion and analysis on a host of these uh, various issues, we are pleased to be joined by the author of the book City on Fire, The Fight for Hong Kong, a lawyer currently based in Hong Kong, uh, Mr. Anthony Daprian on the line. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, First, we would like to get your thoughts on the recent announcement by China that they would no longer recognize these uh, British National Overseas BNO passports as a valid uh, travel document or uh, proof of identity. Um, What what is the sense in in Hong Kong right now with that recent move? And overall, how are they feeling with the national security law and the um, the tensions that are still there with Beijing? Yeah, sure. With the, the China's announcement in relation to the BNO passports, it's not really a surprise. They threatened to do something along those lines. So I think people were somewhat expecting this. For most of the population in Hong Kong, it won't have too much of an impact because most people in Hong Kong who have BNO passports also are holding a Hong Kong passport or can easily apply for one. But there, but there are certainly some members of the community in Hong Kong, in particular Hong Kong's fairly significant ethnic minority community, people from South Asia, in particular India, Pakistan, Nepal. Now, they um, often have BNO as their only passport, mm. and it can be difficult for them to apply for Hong Kong passports because they are not uh, ethnically Chinese. And part of the, 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 the criteria for qualifying as a Chinese national is being ethnically Chinese. So some members of Hong Kong's ethnic minority community might face real challenges as a result of this. But I think for most Hong Kongers who who can apply for a Hong Kong passport, it's a a minor inconvenience and more a sign of another way in which uh, Beijing is is cracking down on Hong Kong, which which sort of feeds to your second question. This, along with the national security law and and many other uh, actions that Beijing has taken in recent months or over the course of the past year, has really added to, to this added to this climate of, of, of fear in Hong Kong, really, and, and of uncertainty, and is a, among the things that is pushing people to think about, uh, think about leaving and moving, moving elsewhere, including moving to the UK. Well, the idea that this was a bit of a tit-for-tat move in response to the UK's plan to offer uh, people uh, in Hong Kong a path to British citizenship, some estimates uh, uh, in the UK say maybe as many as 300,000 Hong Kong citizens would take advantage of this uh, new visa program. Would you agree with that? Do you think a lot of people would uh, choose that option to move to the UK? Well, there's certainly a lot of discussion. Um, and, I, and I know many people, uh, just anecdotally, who have, uh, have either already made the move or, or mm. are talking about making it. Um, and I think in particular for people either who have um, fairly transferable professional skills, people who feel they'd be able to find a job easily in the UK with the skills, the professional skills they have, or people in particular with young families, people with, with children who are going to be going through the education system here and they're worried about what kind of uh, 
changes China will make to the education system or are worried about the future of their children, there are also people who are thinking of moving away, as well as the younger generation, uh, young university graduates or, or, or young people, uh, young professionals who, again, think that uh, they don't see much of a future for themselves in a Hong Kong uh, under tighter rule from Beijing. And so they're all the types of people who are thinking of moving. So anecdotally, there's a lot of discussion. Uh, people are making plans. People are looking at the options. Certainly, there's been a huge uptick in people applying or, or renewing their BNO applications to be in a position to to, to take up this offer. Um, and I think we will see significant numbers going. Now, whether it reaches the 300,000 number, it's going to be difficult yeah. to say, but it certainly is going to be large numbers. Well, does COVID-19 have a, play a factor in all of this? As, as you well know, uh, Asian countries, including Hong Kong, um, here in South Korea as well, have been deemed to have been handling the pandemic um, relatively better than the Western countries. Going to the UK, where th- we've seen the uh, the mutation of the virus, uh, we've seen that the vaccine rollout program hasn't gone smoothly. Would there be some sense of concern of heading over to where uh, the pandemic is I- I- in a very much more serious situation than it would be if you stay put in Hong Kong despite all the political tensions? Yeah, it certainly would give one pause. Um, yeah, the UK hasn't handled the situation um, particularly well. Um, I, I think it, it probably helps that you know this this new BNO program is just being rolled out over, over just just begun this week. Um, at the same time as we're starting to see vaccine programs rolling out, you know, in the UK, and I think we're expecting to see them in Hong Kong here over the next month or two as well. So I think you know people are hopeful that the the, the, the epidemic situation, the pandemic situation, will uh, sort of begin to to, to to settle down a bit, and we'll get back to something of a normal. Um, in, in the UK over time. So by the time they mm-hmm. make their plans to make their plans to relocate, things will hopefully have settled down a bit over there. But I'm sure it's in the back of people's minds, yes. Certainly Beijing is not happy about this situation. Uh, what the UK is saying, and I think what uh, a lot of the Western pundits uh, agree, is that the national security law enacted by Beijing is a violation of the handover treaty between the two sides when uh, Britain uh, gave Hong Kong back to China, that China was not to interfere in Hong Kong's state affairs. Uh, That is the argument. Uh, Where where do you see that argument? Uh, And do you feel that uh, this is the uh, right approach from both the UK point of view, but at at the same time, how that's going to exacerbate the tensions between the two sides? Yeah, so... Beijing or China agreed when they took back Hong Kong that they would give Hong Kong a, a high degree of autonomy and let Hong Kongers rule Hong Kong themselves. And, and the UK's position, and I think the reaction from much of the rest of the world, is that Beijing imposing this national security law on Hong Kong from Beijing directly, without any involvement from people in Hong Kong, breaks that promise. Now, China says, of course, that this is their internal affair and and that countries shouldn't uh, interfere in China's internal affairs and and that this is a matter of China's own national security. Um, And they also argue that the the, the joint declaration in any event is is, is no longer effective, is ancient history and stopped being effective in 1997 when the handover was effected. But I think it's interesting this charge of, of, of internal affairs could easily to be flipped back onto China. Now, this is what the, the BNO passports issue is purely the UK deciding who they let into the UK and on what terms. Now, surely China complaining about that is China interfering in the internal affairs of the UK. It's up to the UK who they mm. decide to let into their country or not. 
Um, and, and, and an interesting statement made by someone in the UK was that when uh, the UK handed Hong Kong back to China, they handed the territory back to China, but they didn't hand the people of Hong Kong back to China at the same time. Uh, and it's up to the UK who they decide to let in. It's up to those individuals residing in Hong Kong to decide where they want to live. And, and China has no right to, to try and stop them. Um, and so that's sort of the reaction to, 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 to China's arguments that, that, China, that, that the UK shouldn't be doing this. But, but certainly Beijing has always been unhappy with the, with the BNO passport situation. They've always been, un, been unhappy with the possibility that the UK might do this going back to the, the negotiations of the handover. So it's not surprising to see this reaction from them now, but, but certainly it does seem to be uh, a bit of internal inter- inter- interference in the internal affairs of the UK from China, if you look at it that way. So uh, what further ways do you feel uh, J- Beijing could be escalating this uh dispute right now between the UK. Uh, Some rumors about uh, perhaps authorities revoking the civil rights of Hong Kong citizens who do choose to uh, go the emigration path uh, to the UK. Uh, Do you feel that there would be additional sort of uh, punitive measures uh, coming from Beijing in terms of uh, the the current standoff? Yeah, there's a few things that, that might happen. One possibility that's being talked about is that um, they ban dual nationality for Hong Kongers and basically force Hong Kongers to make a choice between having a Hong Kong passport or having a BNO passport and not allow them to keep both. Um, or, or, or at the very least to ban them from holding BNO passports if they have jobs in the civil service. So any possibility there that, that people are forced to forced to make a choice and if they choose uh, having a BNO passport, they might either lose their job in the civil service or even, or even indeed lose their rights to, to reside in Hong Kong and be forced to leave um, will become a very difficult choice, I think, for many people. I think many people in Hong Kong liked having the possibility, like having the option and sort of keeping it in their back pocket in case they need it because they were forced to make a choice. I think that would make, make, put people in a very difficult position. So that's one thing that, that China might consider doing to increase the pressure. Um, I, I think it's unlikely that they go as far as as pay, placing outright exit bans and not letting people leave Hong Kong who have BNOs and, and, and who want to leave, basically to forcibly prevent them from travelling to the UK to take up the UK's offer. That would be a very extreme reaction, and I, and I can't imagine that they would go as far as effectively keeping hundreds of thousands of people hostage in Hong Kong. And also, it's something that's impossible for them to do, in a way, if people want to travel to a, a third country, for example, and then yeah. travel on to the UK. But that would be an extreme reaction if they were going to go that far. Well, final question then, speaking of third country, do you think from your vantage point in Hong Kong that uh, other countries or uh, areas around the world will follow suit and offer some sort of, um, I don't know what you can call it, uh, asylum or or a path to uh, reside in their countries uh, as this uh, tension escalates? Certainly there has been discussion. There are ongoing discussions in the U.S. and indeed the, the U.S. government have been releasing some, some, some documents and some proposal in, proposals in recent days to begin to consider uh, refugee applications from Hong Kong uh, on a broader or sort of more generous basis than what they might have done previously. Um, Australia have certainly said they welcome they will, they will welcome skilled migrants from Hong Kong, which remains to be seen if they open up their uh, migration policies a bit more to people from Hong Kong, and, and Canada and other places may do as well. The reality is that the Hong Kong population are a highly educated, a highly skilled, 
um, you know, hard-working population that would make great contributions to, to any country that they move to. And I'm sure many countries would be keen to attract those kind of people to, to, to immigrate and, and, and boost their local communities. So um, it, it would seem to be something that company, other countries should be really competing for. All right. Uh, we will have to leave it there. Anthony Deprin, uh, thank you very much for joining us again and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.